0: Hi everyone, I'm Henna. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Failing Point Podcast.
1: I did a a show, a play, in a theatre in uh, the West End here in London. Um, And I was in a newspaper and they wrote all sorts of terrible things about me and they pointed me out by name as being a terrible actor. That just unraveled me, you know? That made me doubt everything. Uh, my, few, you know, It was a bit like being in a marriage and finding out your partner had been unfaithful and you start doubting everything. I was well aware of the confidence issue, but um, it didn't seem to make any difference to me mentally. And I slowly sort of let go really of the balloon that was rising and ended up, to cut long story short, completely sleeping rough on the streets of London.
2: Failing Point is a podcast about entrepreneurship, about seeing challenges as opportunities and failures as steps to success.
0: With a lineup of inspiring entrepreneurs sharing their hardships of their journeys and the lessons they've learned, we are ready to challenge the status quo of Finnish business culture.
2: We all have a story to tell. Now it's time for Brave Talk.
0: Today we're talking with Drew Goodall, the former actor, who has since those years of acting faced unbelievable obstacles in his life. By accident, he became an entrepreneur who now owns a company called Sunshine Shoeshine, which employs disadvantaged and homeless people. This remarkable business owner shares a story that inspires many and which you will not forget. So... First of all, thank you for taking this call and participating to our podcast. We
2: are thrilled to have you. Yes, thank this. you for being our guest.
1: That's a pleasure. If I can, you know, if I can help any of you, sort of listeners in Finland and around the world, then, you know, uh, that's uh, that's what Sunshine's all about. So, um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. it's a pleasure.
2: Yes. Yeah. So this is business related podcast. Um, so we are going to talk a lot about business, uh, but we also want to hear your story. And first of all, we want to ask you that, what do you think of failures in general?
1: Uh, well, isn't the official line about failure is to th- look at it as a good thing and stuff like that? Isn't that what you officially have to say in these uh, in these kind of motivational things? No, you um, can
2: say whatever you well, want. No, it, uh,
1: I know that, that that is what people say and yes. The reason why people say it is because it's true. But, Mm -hmm. you know, our natural disposition is to try to uh, avoid failure or to, um, or if it does happen, to get disheartened that failure has happened. And that I think, unless you're a very exceptional human, I mean, a very exceptional human being, uh, a sociopath or something. I think that is, by and large, everyone faces that that same dilemma, that they know what people say that you should face. It It should be considered a good thing, et cetera, et cetera. But that's just not how they feel. You know, they do feel rejected by failure. They do feel that. And it's that, you know, it's that clash of what you should, what you think you should be and what you actually do feel and trying to coalesce those two things to 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 eventually kind of accept it and I, I think um I don't I, I think that there is that there everyone has their own way and you all have your strengths and weaknesses right Absolutely. and I think with a sense that if you can if you can gather a sense of uh a personal understanding of how how, how you work so let's suppose you have a you, you start a business and um, and it fails. It, it doesn't it doesn't work out for you. Um, and you do feel rejected and you do feel like you don't want to go out and you do feel like you don't want to start another business and all that stuff. Then, you know, to accept that feeling that that is how you feel and to but no that okay this is how I'm feeling what do I need to do to try to not feel like this forever what do I need to do how am I going how am I going to rejuvenate in me that feeling of you know uh, wanting to give it a go that feeling of you know those get rid of those feelings of failure those bad feelings Um, and that comes in understanding yourself and understanding how you how you work and how you think and everyone thinks differently. And that's why these, that's why these books and these self-help stuff doesn't always really hit, hit the nail on the head because everyone is different and it's very difficult to give a blanket rule to everyone. But that's what we all want. So that's how it works. In essence, yeah. I think it's understanding yeah. how you work, how you are as a human, and how you can deal with that feeling when it comes your way, so that you can move on to a better place.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Like we are very different persons, different people, and we think different. And we we, yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. That uh, failures and difficulties are somewhat different to different people, and Good how point. to overcome yeah. those.
1: Yeah. And what is failure to one person it's not necessarily failure to another person. You yeah. know, uh, selling 50,000 of your new, of your new product might be a failure to one person, but on the other hand might be a success. You know, yeah. so it's all, it's all into, tied up with the context of the situation and uh, how I dealt with it. I mean, I, I, I was in a very extreme <clears throat> situation uh, and the feel And it is not something that came easily to me, you know, like most people, um, i suffered at the hands of failure, you know, I I felt it. And um, it wasn't until I managed to reconcile it in myself that I managed to move on. And I think that probably, okay, it was a very extreme situation, but I think everyone, more or less is the same it's not until you can reconcile it and understand it for what it is that you are then ready to move on with your Mm -hmm. life try a new business or try moving to a new country or whatever it is yeah
2: and with me um i've noticed that it's a huge help for me to um see that other people have done the same mistakes too so I'm not the only one and like with my uh, first company now it's going to bankruptcy and for me it's it has been some kind a good thing uh hear other people's stories who has done it too so
1: is that what you felt did you feel like when it went into bankruptcy is that something that you've learned yourself to think or is that something you just was in you as it just came out and you, you naturally took that positive out.
2: No at first I felt like a huge failure but then uh, of course I started I, I didn't want to feel that way and then maybe through this podcast and stuff um, we have been hearing a lot of different kind of stories and I realized that hey yeah I'm not the only one who makes mistakes yeah. here and it's okay.
1: Yeah so that that was and that's true. And that was the key that worked for you, mm-hmm. you know, that was exactly. for you yes. when I was when I was at the bottom of my failure. Well, I don't know if your listeners are aware, but when I was I was sleeping rough and what was at the bottom of uh, when I was in my biggest pit of despair. what for me, was the turning point was seeing someone that I'd grown to know and love on the street, throw himself in front of a train. Now, that's you know, that's very extreme. And I would hope that no one else would have to go through that. Mm. But when it comes to down the bare bones psychology of it, for me, that was the point where I saw that, okay, I don't want to be like this. I, I, you know, I want something different. I want, you know, that was a, a sort of turning point. That was the psychological key. Yeah. That mm-hmm. unlocked everything for me. And, you know, with your situation, um, you know, you seeing that other people, had also suffered failure, so and yes. that bounce back was your key. So mm-hmm. difficult mm-hmm. for everyone, right? One yes. rule for everyone. It's not yes. easy.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. But hey, Drew, let's talk about your story because it's fascinating and very inspiring. Uh, yeah. How did you become an entrepreneur? You were first uh, an actor. Is That's it a- right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. can you tell us uh, and our listeners like something about that like you were an actor and mm-hmm. how was that like to you? Was it like
1: being an actor or how, how, uh, how did I become an entrepreneur what did you what do you mean
0: yeah how you were an actor Tell us about that that was your passion back then
1: That's right, right. yeah um yeah. so it, it was my it was something that I trained to do when I was at school from probably fifteen really i trained to be an actor uh it was what i knew it was what i loved um i kind of i kind of had a very tunnel tunnel vision on acting uh that was all, really everything had been um funneled into that focus and um i really never thought outside of that box ever you know um and then of course you know I I, I was fairly successful I went on to drama school I went the whole way um and 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 then eventually went into full-time acting you know so I was uh and I was doing that for a number of years so you know um I went the whole way and things seemed to be going quite well and I did a number of uh productions that were you know Hollywood type productions and things like that so Everything seemed to be going tickety-boo and as planned, really, um, until I did, a, I did a, a show, a play in a theatre in uh, the West End here in London. Um, and I was in a newspaper and they wrote all sorts of terrible things about me and they pointed me out by name as being a terrible actor. And that just unravelled me, you know? that made me doubt everything that made me doubt everything uh my few you know it was a bit like being in a marriage and finding out your partner had been unfaithful and then you start doubting everything
0: yeah you start mm-hmm.
1: losing all your confidence in that person and everything and um uh I wasn't sure I wanted to do it anymore I was well aware that it was a confidence issue but it's one thing telling yourself that and there's another thing going well this is confidence I've just got to get over it you it, you know you, I was well aware of the confidence issue, but um, it didn't seem to make any difference to me mentally. And I slowly sort of let go, really, uh, of the balloon that was rising and ended up, to cut a long story short, uh, stopping the odd night on friends' sofas, which which then uh, went down further into doing the odd night sleeping rough on the street and then another night on a sofa and another night on the street until it was eventually I was completely sleeping rough on the streets of London um, and trying to reconcile the fact that I was no longer an actor uh, who was I? A total loss of identity and a total loss of meaning and existential in my life um, and trying to reconcile all those things in my head uh and not really ready to move on with my life you know Mm -hmm. not really ready to do anything with my life um and that with that sort of ties in at the point where I I used to hang out obviously with other homeless people um you know to get food from the bins and that sort of stuff and um meeting this meeting this guy and you know things him throwing himself in front of the train and everything else. So uh, yeah. that was that was my journey to entrepreneurship, I guess. Yeah, mm. um,
0: that because I have like similar experiences, It's not that tough as yours because I always um, I have been homeless with my family as well. So mm-hmm. we had always we came up with uh, a solution to go to friends place or to motels or hotels to sleep at night but there were times that we didn't know where to go and that was frightening to yeah. say the least so so i know somehow your experience is about being like cuz it it is like you felt like worthless and everybody else are continues continuing their lives everyday lives Excellent.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yes, that's and right. Do you feel that those experiences carried on with you now?
0: I don't know. I think some of those still haunts me at some level.
1: Yeah. I think
0: it's something to do with self-confidence um, things like that. But I think you, you always have those experiences with you somehow mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. Do you think so too?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I carry it with me all the time. I mean, I, how old were you when you're with your family? So
0: yeah, so we had a small child. She was actually three years old when we started, when we lost our house, and it uh, continued continued four years. So,
1: four years. so yeah, I, mean, I think you know, some of it depends in your individual circumstances and how old you were when it happened and things like that, but. I think any traumatic event that happens in your life, whether homelessness or loss of a loved one or whatever it is, I think you do uh, uh, you do carry it with you because you're human.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think you know you're channeling your experience now, whether consciously or subconsciously, into a positive what we say is a positive way. Mm. And I hope that's what I'm doing too. Yeah. Doubtedly carry it with me Mm -hmm. there's no question in my mind that I carry it with me um what I've tried to do is be understanding of it and say okay this is these are my experiences and this is how it's affected me how am I going to channel this how am I going to use this to
0: yeah that's right yeah
1: positive way yeah yeah um it it's helped it's helped me a lot like I mean I feel now if tomorrow sunshine shoeshine fell flat and there was no more I feel that my life has gone as low as it ever could have gone mm-hmm. I don't feel it w- you know there was only one very small step down from as the, the depth i had gone to uh, so I feel that uh, okay. Right. Fine. Well, I, I can't get any worse than that. So mm. whatever, whatever happens, happens because I can deal with it. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's just given me that sense of a uh, self-assurity to know that if I have to sleep on a park bench, I'll sleep on a park bench.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's it. true. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'll do it. I live. I'll be fine. Mm. I don't want to. I don't. I'm not. You know. But if that happens, then you know so be it I'll deal with it and I'll come through
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: and that's come as a direct result of what's happened before it gives me that assurance to know that I can come through
2: mm, yep yeah uh, so you lived on the street so how on earth did you start this business you have today
1: well if there was a book I expect there's a book somewhere called entrepreneurial entrepreneurship by accident if there's not there should be and that's what it was it was entrepreneurship by accident um yeah i did it purely i was doing it purely as a um a means to an end which was to put a roof over my head uh and and you know a, 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 a drink and, a, and some food that was that was the limits of my ambition um i had no other uh idea Um, it was, you know, just to exist Mm -hmm. was, was the extent of the ambition. Um, and, uh, without going into the whole story verbatim, um, I, I, it, it happened stage by stage. You know, once I got myself back into a house and I got myself back into the land of the living, uh, it, i didn't really know anything else you know i knew acting and now mm-hmm. i know this i mm-hmm. didn't really know anything else so i thought well i'm back in a house um and i'm back in, the, as i say in the land of the living um why not you know i might as well just carry on with this because you know i don't really know how to do anything else mm-hmm. so it seemed like the the the, the pathway at least resistance if you like. Mm. Uh, so I and and it's and and during the process of I I realized that it was actually something I was quite good at. So that was a bonus. Mm. And um and it, it, it sort of it it just ascended from there really.
0: Yeah. yeah. Can you tell our listeners what, what is the business all about?
1: Uh, what we do or or what we're about on a on a bigger a bigger picture or, or what we actually do or what's our mission well i'll, I'll tell you both we're a shoe shine company uh i don't know if, how much of that is goes on in finland but uh we visit large financial institutions banks law firms accountancy private equity anything in that anything in that sphere uh we visit their workplace and we clean their shoes next to their desk so we're inside the office cleaning their shoes uh and those companies like for example we visit um hs and uh, not hsbc uh, barclays uh deutsche bank we're starting Citibank a week a week tomorrow um and we visit these places and they pay for us to visit so wow. we part Employee benefits program yeah um, I- that's what we do and uh the sort of the mission if you like uh is to take people from position vulnerable people mm-hmm.
2: uh
1: and give them uh a meaningful work and existence uh allow and employing them and letting them help themselves helping them to help themselves um it, the genesis of that was when I was on the street, that was when, you know, once I was off the street and looking back, I thought to myself, well, I, I don't want that to really happen. Why should anyone else have to go through that? Maybe I can help. Uh, and I got a lot of work and I needed someone to do it. And someone came to me totally by serendipity and who, was, who had special needs of various things. And he uh, needed a job, and I gave him the job, and everyone loved it. So I thought, well, let's carry on with this. And so now I just take people who have special needs in one that's way or another amazing. to yeah. go around and do the cleaning of the shoes.
0: That's amazing. And I think you should expand here in Finland because hmm. actually, I don't know any, any
2: like company. company like that. Yeah. Me neither.
1: No.
0: So, yeah.
2: yeah
1: there is a certain amount of cultural uh there is a, a certain cultural thing with with shoes shining uh i think a lot of people attach it to elite elitist you know mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the whole kneeling down before your shoes and cleaning the shoes and there is that sort of elitist it's a very old fashioned uh um viewpoint but uh there is an elitist attachment to it but mm-hmm. you know in looking at it in it's black and white why should cleaning your shoes be any different from what laundering your shirt yeah i
0: think you have a brilliant business idea and and you are doing wonderful job
1: thank you yeah (laughs) yeah
0: what kind of challenges uh do you face in your business now today
1: well funnily enough i mean on a, on a broader scale, that's one of, one of the challenges I face is the preconception of shoe shining, That old-fashioned preconception that one, it's elitist. Two, it's dead, i.e. it's something people did 100 years ago and they don't do it anymore. And three, it's only for men. That's a huge one. Mm-hmm. It's only for men. Only men want their shoes cleaned. Mm-hmm. I might as well say to you, only women want to wash their hair you know yeah. Just, just, yeah. just 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 totally illogical uh but those preconceptions of shoe shining in particular are would be a challenge um and another challenge i have is just there's only one me sort of thing i don't mean that in an arrogant way i mean that the business relies a lot off me um mm. The fact that I'm sitting here in front of you now, you know, uh, speaks to that, that um, uh, I, I need to sort of put more of an infrastructure into the business so that other people can do other things. But when you only employ people who are spe- special needs, finding someone to do a job, you know, I can't have a, a business that's entirely populated with people with special needs. Otherwise, the business won't go anywhere because mm-hmm. I can't, I've only got one, two, one, one pair of hands. So it, it's working out. It's working out the kind of uh, how I'm going to move it forward in that regard to having people who are not special needs working in the company, what they're going to do, and trying to relieve some of the sort of uh, day-to-day stuff out of my hands, which is difficult when you're the only one who i'm trying to think of a nicer way to put it who doesn't have special needs because mm-hmm. uh, you know there are limitations to everyone and you try to let people exceed them but this is business as well and you know you've got to yeah. so uh i'd say that probably they are the biggest challenges yeah yeah yeah.
2: What kind of um, benefits there is um, to for the employees.
1: Yeah, uh, for right.
2: like for the company to have uh, right. employees you. who have
1: special yeah. needs. I there. mean, there, there's there's a number of different uh, benefits that the company gets. I mean, uh, to start with, ninety um, percent of companies today. Your listeners probably know this quite well. Um, have commitments to society, uh, corporate social responsibility. Uh, They are going to uh, donating money and putting money into good causes and trying to make society better as a whole is part of the ethos of 90% of the companies now. Um, And uh, they will have some budget or other to put into that. Um, Now, you know what so that's where so you've got that budget there uh that's where we come into it because we can offer we can offer you know they can either donate some money to charity and throw that money down i don't want to say throw the money down a black hole but um give that money to a charity and wash your hands of it and be done right uh or you can uh put it into something that helps people to help themselves mm. a bit like, you know, in, in a, in a world, most people, uh, most people who have special needs will just want the opportunity to help themselves. Really. They want to feel validated. That's one of the major things that i found with the sunshiners is, is that more than anything, it's not the money because they're often living with their carers or they're living with their mum and dad. So they don't need the money. They're living off the state. They're perfectly fine. They just wanna. They just wanna be important. You know, they wanna have a a, yeah. a, a place in the world.
2: Yeah, part uh, of society.
0: Yeah, beyond yeah, and, to some
1: somewhere in society. You know, um, mm. and so we come in that that. We come in under the position where if the company wants to make a better world, the company wants to try to put some money in. They can donate to charity, or they can donate to us, and and get something out of it at the same time. You know. So not only are they putting money into a social enterprise, allowing people to help themselves, but at the same time and getting all the tax breaks and whatever else goes along with that. Um, but at the same time, they're getting something out of it. So they're getting a beautiful shoe shine, and all the employees have that employee engagement with people because we walk around and we see them at their seats every day. So you can see someone's growth from the minute they walk into the company on week one and into week 10 and then to six months and into a year. You can see that individual growth from being maybe a bit uncertain, unconfident, needing their hand held, literally, uh, to blossoming into someone who has a purpose and a meaning and and a certain amount of confidence in what they do and who they are. Uh, And their employees can see that. And in the CSR industry, you call that employee engagement. Mm. Uh, They all strive for that a lot, you know, because there was a period of time when CSR first turned up that companies would just, you know, a couple of million to Oxfam, wait till next year. You know, that was it. Uh, Now they all strive for more of an impact and more engagement with their staff. So their staff raise money for charity. You often see these, you know, staff fund fundraising days and things like that um so this is a great opportunity for employee engagement and the employees don't even need to lose leave their slip, uh, leave their seat and the employees look great at the end of it as well they get a shoe shine and they can go and impress their clients with their attention to detail and their uh personal grooming you know um which can make all the difference in these things you know the in the, the i's and crosses the t's Make all the difference in business. So, and the staff feel, they feel uh, wanted in the business, you know, that their employees are looking after them. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It works on so many levels.
0: How did you come up with the name? You have a wonderful name for your company.
1: Uh, I don't know. Initially, a long, long time ago when it was, when I was, you know, back in the day, it started out as... um, mr goodall's shine or something and um i i uh i soon changed that and i don't actually remember the point where i came up with it i don't remember the the point but i've actually had people say to me "Ah, oh, um i completely forgot about you i completely forgot everything but all i remembered was the name sunshine Shine. that was all i remembered this was yeah Free internet, really. Yeah. And it was like, uh, all I really remembered was the name Sunshine shoeshine and yeah. that just stuck. And I thought, well, there's all the validation you need, really. Isn't it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's that. a brilliant
0: name. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. It so yeah. it's a tongue twister, but purposely, purposely difficult to say. Yeah. But then it does backfire because I mean, one of our employees, he can't say, uh he can't say. Well, we don't call them shoe shiners; we call them sunshiners. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: And. Uh, one of our uh, Shafiq, one of our Sunshiners, he can't say. So he can't say it. Mm-hmm. So it does. You know, I think to myself, well, uh, you know, oh dear, maybe I. You know, I, I never seriously considered changing the name, but I do think to myself, okay, oh, my st- your own staff can't say the name of the company you work for. That's pretty. That's not a good state to be in. But you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm still I'm still think it's great name so yeah it is, it is great name, great name yeah.
0: yeah it feels like you have very happy employees and you're happy company yeah, happy, as a whole yeah
2: happy business yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yes it is yeah we, we did a photo shoot uh, we're doing a new website The we, uh, website at the moment is pretty terrible and uh we did a photo shoot uh last thursday wednesday or thir- wednesday and uh We did the photos, and they all come off really. And everyone was, you know, it really looked like was what it feels, which was everyone was really happy and kind of uh, upbeat sort of thing. And so, you know, I've got high hopes for them.
2: Yeah. Hmm. So, how do you view in the uh, entrepreneurship after all you've been through? What is entrepreneurship to you?
1: Well, to me, I mean, to me personally, it was a, it was a, it was a force of redemption. You know, it was a force of redemption to me personally, because of my story. Mm. It was a way for me to resurrect myself from a early grave, really. Um, uh, It was a way for me to build up my confidence and prove myself again to the world and to myself that I had self something other to offer than acting um and I think if your listeners can put parallels into that I think I think you know I think entrepreneurs can get very focused and Mm single-minded um I think that I don't think there's anything wrong with being single-minded and focused per se I think the problem comes if you if you chuck on that single-minded and focused if you throw all your energies focus um what's the word i'm after uh your whole identity if you mm-hmm. throw your whole identity into that uh then you're in trouble because if you throw your identity into it much like say a marriage mm. if you throw your identity into that marriage and it goes wrong you know, we've all either been there or got the friends who've been there in a marriage. It goes wrong. And then they're like, oh, who the hell am I? What am I going to do? I, I mm-hmm. lost what where, where, where am I? And I mm-hmm. think they can go into entrepreneurship. You mm, throw yes. everything you have into a business. And including your very self and your soul. And is,
0: then- is it? Is it because you're so passionate about something that... You focus on so much. Is it because of the passion? Do you think, or is it something else? Why people do tend to do
1: well. That? I mean, yeah. I mean, there you are. I mean, I think that's probably a question for every entrepreneur to answer themselves. Uh, every en- entrepreneur who has thrown themselves in to that degree, yeah, probably answer that. And I think there's multiple answers. Uh, And for me personally, I mean, I I do suffer from obsessionalness. I am obsessional. Generally, I'm obsessional. Um, And um, what quite why I have a desire, I have a kind of inbuilt desire in me to lead a life that's not normal. I mean, and lead a life that's extreme.
0: Yeah, totally can agree to that. Yeah, (laughs) relate to that.
1: I'm speaking to you now from a boat you know we're based <laughs> on a boat um you know so I have that in inbuilt desire to do things that are different do things that are out of the norm do things that you know and I think that a lot of those dovetail with being an entrepreneur um quite why you can throw your heart and soul as well as your uh vision into your business I think you can only answer that on a on an individual uh, basis. But it's something I've learned not to do now.
2: You know, I've mm-hmm. lived and
1: learned. Because mm-hmm. I threw everything into acting. Yeah. And now I've lived and learned on that. And that won't be happening again. You know, I'll make yeah. sure I have the help. What do they call it? A work-life balance. I'll make sure I have that now. You know, that, yeah. that's, that's not, that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think that, because you said earlier that you became an entrepreneur by accident,
1: right? Like, mm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So does that suit you and you don't miss anything else? You are now no, an I entrepreneur. Do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: No,
1: I, I do miss it. I do miss it. And I have to, uh, that's quite an insightful question, actually. Mm. Um, I do find that I have to to fulfill myself as an individual, as a human being, I do have to, in my personal life, uh, do uh, certain uh, interests and hobbies and things like that to try to fulfill tick all the boxes for me, because just doing what I'm doing, most people hear it and go, oh, wow, that's so fulfilling, that's so rewarding. But the truth is, in me, yes, it is rewarding, but it doesn't tick all my boxes. Yeah, you know, it doesn't tick all my boxes. There are other things I need to do mm-hmm. uh, to, to to be fulfilled. And so I I do those things in my in my private life, traveling and yeah, performing to a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my private life to try and fulfill myself.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds very good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I it can also that It all comes with understanding of yourself It all everything. Or was it, I was seeing that over the in the Valley of Kings, over the uh, over the top, there is an insignia that says that wisdom comes from knowledge of yourself, but not in English, obviously. Um, and I think that's true And everything, every business idea and potential success of a business idea, everything roots from that and then if you have that you're on very strong foundations because you can tailor your whole business around what you know you're good at what you know you're not good at Mm -hmm. what you know you can do what you know you can't do because you can't do everything Mm -hmm. you're not great at everything you know unless you're me (laughs) no (laughs) you you can't do everything you're not perfect so you, you've got to. You can pick and choose your battles, but it all comes from knowing and having an understanding of who you are mm-hmm. and what, where your abilities lie and where they don't lie. More importantly, then yeah. you can move on from there.
2: Yeah. Um. I have a question because in Finland we have this culture of shame. So if we happen to uh, fail in something, we want to hide it, um, and we. At least don't know how to, how how to use it as our benefit later on. And you have done it brilliantly. Um, it's part of your story when we read about you from the internet that you have been homeless and now you are here. So was it like planned? Did you plan to do it so, or how how did how did it all happen? Because that's one of the things that we Finnish entrepreneurs should learn that we we should share our failures mm. more and um, let people know that that's part of the journey.
1: Yeah. Uh, what you, From what you're describing to me, it sounds kind of like a cultural phenomenon, would you yes, say? Yes, it is. Yes, it oh, is. Phenomenon, yeah. um, well, uh, I mean, how do you, I mean, y- you're asking people to, uh, you're uh, you're you're not asking people, but you're you're saying to people not to follow the cultural norm. Mm. That's,
2: that's, that's right. That's, and yes. and
1: I, mean, yes. that's, I mean, you know, I think I'm thinking on my, I'm I'm just thinking out loud here, but you know, things like the internet, I think, could be a good source because you're then taking your inspirations, ideas, influences from outside of Finland, so you have been mm. all over the world you know um so you could potentially uh if you're a finished entrepreneur and you want to try to ease your feeling these feelings you're saying is to kind of connect with entrepreneurs from all over the world who have experienced failure um have experienced these things and uh uh and open them to the influences of people who do share that like maybe i am doing now um uh
2: was it easy to you to be so open about it?
1: Yeah, I, I think some of that stems from my acting background and my, 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 my sort of um, showmanship. I, I don't have a problem with, I don't, I've never had a problem with saying, here I am, this is what I've done and this is how I failed. I, I, I don't have a problem with that, but then, you know, almost that comes, I dare say it comes as a second nature to me to say, these are my failings you know mm-hmm. and uh but then how do you tell someone who doesn't have that that na- inherent nature you know it's like saying to someone who can't ride a bike well oh, just ride it yeah well, you, you can't i can't ride one i don't know how to ride one well just ride it going out loud you know it's um
2: yeah it needs little steps
1: yeah, yeah little, little it, steps uh, further uh, step by step and maybe you know Again, I'm thinking on my out loud here, but maybe sharing your failure or your perceived failure, whatever you want to call it, with one person or one one you know person who you know won't judge you, you know, who who will be thoughtful and constructive about your failure. I mean, I know that also, I mean, Facebook and social media is a big uh, people want to portray the perfect life on there too, right? They don't want to mm-hmm. not go on Facebook and go, well, I failed again. Oh, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: yeah. We're, I know. We,
1: all, we all do it, you know, even in the business sense, you know, I'm not going on our sunshine, Shine Facebook page going, well, we started in that company, but that all went tits up. You know, mm-hmm. I don't do that. You know, I you obviously say, well, this is fantastic. And everything we do turns to gold but you know that's not true but um uh it's yeah I mean you know maybe just as an answer to your question sharing your experiences with someone who you know is gonna who is not going to think badly of you for failing at something who's not going to um do those things it's it's again an individual an individual thing isn't it you know uh -hmm. you're you're bravely sort of sharing what you failed in and your bankruptcy and what happened to you and uh henna you you know you've been very honest and open about what happened to you in a way of homelessness and stuff like that and i'm sure that that will be a a, uh an inspiration for your listeners to hear and the more people do it like yourselves people who have traction in the media and who have traction online and wherever the more i think Things will change. People yes. will yes. you're actually broadcasting it. You know, you're saying mm-hmm. I was homeless or I went to bankruptcy. You know, you're you're not only are you admitting it to your friends, you're going out there and telling it to the world. So I think that will act as a an inspiration for others to say, you know, hey, I'm a failure too. Yeah, I'll I'll come and you know, be part of the gang.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good.
1: <laughs>
0: part yeah. of the gang, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, let's talk about success. How do you define success?
1: Uh, well, my my idea of success probably probably changes. It it, it I, I don't yeah, I mean, I I get kind of success is a rather broad broad title uh when you talk maybe ambitions so I'll, i have ambitions and those ambitions are fluid you know they change i'll achieve one and then move on and i'm quite restless and i think a lot of entrepreneurs are restless yeah i, I think, think so too actually mm-hmm. that's, very, that's very absolutely common. true mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't stop You know, I'll do one thing and I can't stop another, which is great, right? That's what drives the world. Einstein said the world works because you're riding on a bike. As soon as you stop riding the bike, the world falls over. You know, as soon as that momentum is lost, everything falls. So that's great that, you know, entrepreneurs are restless. We are what drives the world forward. We are what keeps the world going. And My my success, success to me, I think of more as uh, my whole holistic life, not just my business, but how I'm feeling and how I'm doing and what my you know, how my love life is and how my how my life is outside of work and everything and all those things, all those things put in together. If the if the upshot of that whole big ball of stuff, I'm fit waking up in the morning and I'm feeling good and sort of positive and that sort of stuff, then I'm succeeding. You know? I've got a I've got a boat roof over my head and um I'm succeeding. You know, and if I'm waking up in the morning and saying, No, mate, this is wrong, um, then I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. I know that might seem quite a mundane, you might be after something more kind of poetic or something a bit more, uh, you know, deeper meaningful than that. But, you know, to me personally, if I'm feeling good, if I wake up and feel good, if I go to bed at night and I'm feeling happy, then I've succeeded. Yeah. That's it. That's how I feel too.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's happiness on a daily basis. Yes, uh, The meaning yeah. meaningfulness that you, you think that you are contributing to the world, I think.
1: Yes. I and mean, yeah. what that means to you, right? I, think I know that these sort of psychologists say that you need X, Y, Z to feel as a fulfilled human being. Um, I don't know what those things are, but, uh, you know, if, if in each one of those categories you feel, yeah, you know, I, I feel, OK, I've still got things to do. Mm. you know i'm still restless i still want to do things but at the same time i'm happy with my place on the journey you know i'm not at the end of the rainbow but i'm at least on the rainbow you know i'm at least and uh uh if 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 you feel that and and you you're you're happy to get up and you're happy to go to sleep at night then i think you're succeeding uh and i don't think you need to look for any more than that
2: because Um, all right now
1: Everything that's happened in my life before now doesn't matter. All that matters, I'm talking to you now. Mm. That's all. So, you know, um, that's probably what success is to me personally. That's Mm -hmm. very,
2: very nicely put. Yeah, it is. Um, This might be the last question. Let's see. But what kind of plans do you have for the future?
1: Uh, Well, um, it's something I've thought about quite a bit recently recently. Uh um so I'm thinking along the lines of uh, uh I'm thinking along the lines of you know, obviously just getting more clients and and doing that stuff, but part of me does feel restless. Part of me does feel like I want to kind of do something. Uh I, I want to do something a little different. So I'm going to do some public speaking. I'm going to uh get involved with that and see. See where that takes me. Um, just to try and add a bit of flavor into my life, other than just you know doing the same that sort of business thing every day, you know, taking it in a slightly different direction and maybe just giving a few different uh um flavors and different things in my life. So, public speaking would be one. Uh, I and also just on the other level, just uh, business to get more work, to get more. For the sunshiners, take it uh, to Germany. Germany's the next idea I have because one of our clients is Deutsche Bank. And Deutsche Bank have a mm. huge double tower in Frankfurt. We're already through the door with Deutsche Bank. They love us. So taking the service international uh, and on a personal level, just sort of traveling and enjoying life. Uh, that would be my kind of three-pronged kind of uh, but enjoying life would be number one above Mm. everything else. Sounds
0: very very good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you
2: so much, Drew.
1: That's all right. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And we wish
2: you... If you ever come to Finland, please let us know. Yeah. You
0: are mostly welcome to come here. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: Thanks very much. Now it's on my list.
2: Yeah, and let's keep in touch.
1: Absolutely.
2: Thank you for listening to the Failing Point podcast, which airs on Business FM every Monday at 8 p.m. You can also read more about our guests and listen to earlier podcasts at failingpoint.com. And remember, whatever you're trying to achieve out there, keep on grinding and never give up on your dreams.